know, the only person. sure that's something that would look really good if someone knew what they were doing but uh <laughs> thank you talia thank you for joining us today this is thanks for the, having me oh you're welcome you're welcome this is the latest edition of the lsc delaware podcast it's labor day weekend uh it's been this means more challenge weekend um and some of the photos that hopefully you saw in the opening segment come from um supporting food bank of delaware um, and the amazing music it was uh, largely Talia's creation with a few uh, kind of reprobates uh, kind of in the background doing the vocals on Alay 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 to be mentioned later. So um, great to have you. Uh, so we're going to do our first part. We're going to, essentially, this is about like how Talia became a Liverpool fan and her Liverpool story. Um, and let's not uh, miss out along the way talking about the uh, amazing music that you make. So. We have Tim, we have Charlie and Paul. Um, thanks for joining us. Um, summer's over. Oh my goodness. But the Premier League season is about to start again. Seems really weird. Next weekend. Um, Talia, what's your first Liverpool memory? I say this all the time when people ask me this question, that I, it does not exist. I don't have a first memory. I have a first feeling, I think is a better... Um, way to put it because for me um, I equate sort of my growing up um, Liverpool memories with spending time with my family and I have these really vivid memories of just being on the couch all four of us um, 
with a game on. And um, when I was younger, I understood less. But as I got older, I started to sort of own it. And it became my thing, not just our family thing. So that's kind of my memory is more like a feeling than it is a specific memory. Awesome. That's awesome. I, and unlike some of our previous guests, you're all wearing red, which I think, you know, we're, we're kind of highly in favor of. But, um... <laughs> we'll pretend I didn't change before <laughs> I got here. Uh-huh. So um, having said you don't have a specific memory, who, who like thinking way back, who, which is probably my lifetime, not that way back, but who, who was your favorite player as you were growing up? So Gerard, I think, and I know everybody answers that, but it was Gerard, and it was Gerard specifically because, and there is an actual good reason, not just because, you know, that's the answer to answer, but <laughs> when I when I sort of started to really take ownership um, of my, um, of being a supporter myself was around 2005 when I was graduating from high school, so, I mean, you know. <laughs> wow yeah so it was it was just it was just interesting timing we'll say um and so I had that fresh in my brain and I really sort of I went who is this guy who is this person who's doing all these things for our club I really like him and that was sort of you know the the intro to it and then it became wow he's an exceptional player so it, it went from sort of just going whoa to going oh and he you know, he does this well and he does that well and sort of, again, owning it and understanding it in a more substantial way. Uh-huh. Wow. Did anyone get a chance to read the piece in The Athletic this week, uh, where, which had Steven Gerrard as number eight all-time great Premier League player? No. No. What, a, what an outstanding question that was then. Um, anyway. Yeah, right? Um, what <laughs> was their basis for that? About it, but didn't read it. Oh, so the Athletic, uh, which is a subscription service, and if you want to sponsor us, Athletic, we'll be open to that. Um, they have like had the 60 greatest players played in the Premier League. And it's, it's really, I mean, it's debatable about who fits where. Um, but yeah, so I think Salah was 25, and most of the fans were like appalled that Salah would even be in the list, which, which we'll talk about later. Um, but uh, and and then after Salah was in there, I'm like, oh no, other Liverpool players are going to appear. It's going to be Man United, City, you know. Anyway, Steven Gerrard showed up at number eight, and of course the hate on him was he's never won the league. You know, how, how does he deserve to be in this list? Anyway, yes. So like looking back, Talia, like having a feeling about him as you know Captain Amazing, and then coming to understand it more. Like if you say that now, he's still your like the guy. Like what, what stands out to you most about him? I'd be interested to know. It's so here's the funny thing. I, so I've seen a lot of comparisons between him and Hendo, right? Like we, we talk about this a lot. We had this discussion, I think when we were talking to, uh, to um, uh, Chris Perkins, is that his name? Who wrote, uh, yeah, let's talk about six. Um, So for me, I don't see it as much as I think other people see it. What I see in common has to do more with a certain leadership role. And whereas Hento is very sort of verbal and very, I mean, his mere presence, people get in line. You know what I mean? But I think that um, that Gerard had sort of an inspirational effect 
Um, and even though it's not like he was playing with ninnies, you know what I mean? It's not like he was playing with, with a team of, of garbage. Uh, but he had this effect on people that I think was leadership in a different way. He did something and people went, oh, wow, that's really cool. And then I think that the effect that that had on the feeling of the team, Liverpool has always been a team up here first. And so that... I think is really, I mean, for me, is really something that stands out so much. And I, I appreciate it about him. And I think it's what's going to make him an exceptional uh, manager as well, by the way. So we yeah. don't want to jinx anything, but that, that sounds. So where did you watch the 2005 final? Um, I don't think that I actually watched it live. Um, because I don't think we had access to a lot of that stuff when I was that age. We had sort of random things that we watched here and there, but there wasn't a lot of consistency because there wasn't the um, sheer number of channels, right, that we have now in comparison with the way that it was back then. But um, I, I don't think I watched it live. I watched it after the fact, <laughs> unfortunately. But, Yeah. Yeah, well, it, that's probably better than my experience, which we've talked about on previous oh, shows. I'm sorry. <laughs> just, uh, um, yes. Memorable museum visit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So to Vitaly's benefit and anyone else who hasn't watched, um, I, I missed the three goals for various reasons. Um, but missed goals. the three goals that you wanted to see and <laughs> saw the three goals that you didn't want to see. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and actually, this is not, so if the Athletic are not sponsoring us after this, then they really should be. Because they also have had like the 50th greatest comebacks in sport. And they had um, Istanbul at number six in their list. And there can't be many of the football ones because I haven't seen any of those. They had like the Barcelona one in the, in the, the top 20. But um, and so they recounted all of the stories uh, of, 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 of that game and, and all these people claiming that I kind of had a sense we were going to come back. And it's like, I have no idea what you're thinking because, yeah, whoever you were. So, uh, so, so uh, since 2005, there have been a few downs, but, but mostly there have been a lot of ups. What, what's what's your, your sense of kind of the journey we've been on since then? So, yeah, that's a really good question. Um, first of all, I want to say that I think the thing that always upsets me the most now that I'm on all these Facebook groups are the people who maybe haven't been part of the ups and downs. Um, and one of the things that always drew me back, even if I was screaming at the screen, was that you still loved the team, regardless of whether it was an up or a down. But um, <laughs> I remember in, in, so in 2010, um, I was out of college for about a year or so, give or take. And there was a headline, uh, Liverpool's, I actually wrote this down because I wanted to remember it. Liverpool's worst start to a season in 18 years. <laughs> Are we on the road to nothing? Um, and I actually distinctly remember um, the feeling at the time of sort of just 
needing to defend us, like needing to say, no, you don't understand what we're capable of. You don't understand what we have in us. Just wait, just give us a minute, just get, you know. And I think that's the general, that's, that's really it for me is that, is that with those ups and downs, you know, we know what happened that season. Um, and I think that's, that's a lot of the times the case. If we even look at the, uh, the game <laughs> that just happened, um, that was two different games in one game, right? From, from half number one to half number two. I mean, it's, it's just incredible. And that's, that's the journey they take you on. And sometimes you want to, you want to jump off of something, but <laughs> most of the time, I mean, it's an incredible feeling. Yeah. I think. So, so I think back in the era, so we've had this conversation a few times, which is, like there've been certain areas where it's like, whose number do you get on your shirt? Well, Gerard, obviously, but then who else? Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And and with this team, you're like, it's, it's really so hard to pick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys know. I I think we talked about this on one of our uh, one of our Friday night things. Was <laughs> I talked about my feelings for Torres because I mean he would have been on my shirt for. Yeah. A long time and uh i let me tell you i know a lot of people hold a grudge against suarez a lot of people you know there are a lot there are a lot of grudges yep. storage big some big grudges there um my grudge is against torres and i have not forgiven him yet <laughs> <laughs> i have not forgiven him yet um and it's deep deep in my soul <laughs> that mic alone <laughs> oh i'm kind of glad i didn't get that jersey <laughs> So, well, you could have burnt it because that's apparently what everyone else did. So. Yeah, well. So, so Torres is sacrilegious. What's that? It's a little sacrilegious. <laughs> no, apparently there was a lot of burning, burning of shirts was going on in two thousand. Whenever that you're, was. You're still burning the Liverpool shirt. That's that's the that's the issue I have. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure we could go YouTube a lot of videos of burning Torres. Anyway. Yeah. Um, no. So was, all idiots we had sean rogers i don't know if you know him talia on he's from the anfield rap he does the review show and he had said it was interesting because he said that um actually the 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 selling torres was was like a masterstroke because they had what he had watched him play like six months before and he completely lost the pace that he had which made him such a great player um in a game it's like somebody was it an Everton player ran past him who should not have ran past him do you remember this? Drawing a blank. Go back yeah. in episode. We're really bad with questions. 45 though, months ago. Uh, okay, all right. So anyway. You got to so, prime us for some of these, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, remember it well. It was meaningful. Yes, yes. So anyway, go back and look at it. So anyway, he was of the view that whilst it was, you know, the circumstances were not great, Torres had lost something. And it was actually a masterstroke to sell him for that much money when he wasn't the player that he was in 2009 so you know what i i'm not going to say i disagree mm. um and it's not because i'm holding a grudge it's because i really i i do agree with that and i think i think a lot of people were feeling that way toward the end i think it's it's similar to like i said i don't know why i'm making comparison to suarez because there's really no comparison but people talked a lot about um the fact that he was no longer necessarily jiving with the, the, the values and the feelings of the squad um, anyway. So it, it's kind of like, you know, sometimes those things happen and it, and it works out. Um, anything that led us to this squad, I'll take. So, <laughs> so right now, 
Steven Gerrard clearly does not play for us anymore. Who is the standout player for you in this team? Oh my gosh. That's um, a tough question, I know, but. It is a tough question. I think. It's a really tough question. It's it like it depends on the day. I think my consistent two are always Henderson and Milner. And the reason has a lot to do with <laughs> good reactions. Um, the reason has a lot to do with with leadership skills and with just having such a good effect on the squad itself. When you have the ability to wordlessly get your teammates to do something, I mean, really. And it was so fun. I don't know if you guys caught this on um, what was the day of the last game? I don't even know anymore. Saturday's game? Was it a Saturday? Oh, but South, last, right? Yeah. Saturday, yeah. <laughs> Blackpool game. Um, so essentially, there was this moment where uh, the commentator was talking about the fact that Milner was talking to somebody on the sidelines. He totally missed something. And I thought to myself, even with that, he's probably a better player than like 90% of the people we see on that pitch. I think he was so like to Klopp. talking to someone on the sideline. I think he was so to Klopp, actually. They have a conversation about how the game should have been going. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, and even, and he came right back in, found his way. I mean, so I guess, oh man, I guess I'm saying Milner, aren't I? Milner, yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah. I am. Well, you know, it, it, there's there's no one you would say like, oh, that's not a good choice, right? Because right. there's a lot of people in the squad who are. Uh, you just signed for Zenit, so we're good. <laughs> oh, yes. Dejan. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about that. Um, so, final thing. You're a member, you're a board member of uh, LFC Delaware. OLSC Delaware, if anyone's listening from the big club. Um what, what's what's been your experience of being part of um, I don't know the ruling of whatever the, the the people in charge of the club? So, uh, I mean, for me, honestly, it's been amazing. I've lived in a couple different places, um, you know, over the past however many years, <laughs> years, um, and <laughs> and so for me, um, sometimes it's it's difficult when you do that. I have friends all over the country. So to sort of find this little family has been really cool. And to, to see that, um, I think the great thing about Liverpool is that, I mean, obviously every once in a while, there might be a supporter who's a little questionable, but nine times out of 10, it's people who are really good people. Present company accepted, just saying. <laughs> right, of course, obviously, of course. Uh, but it's people who are really good people. We have we have a value system um, at Liverpool, and we take it very seriously. So it's been really wonderful. Yeah. Now I I know that you your dad's been a fan for a long time, right? Did, did, yes. What, how did he become a Liverpool fan? Because I, I, I he told me this at one point, and I can't remember what his story was. Um. The truth is that I, I don't know the exact story. I do know that uh, when he was growing up, the family was Bayern Munich fans. But you have to understand that the 66 win, the, the, uh, the um, World Cup win of England, was a huge deal in the Middle East. Um, for what may or may not be obvious reasons, this is not a history <laughs> podcast. I won't get into it. But, um, you know, England obviously was, you know, 
something that all of those people were very familiar with. So um, it was a huge deal. And you kind of sometimes I think watched what you had access to. And I know that literally the moment, the moment that he watched Liverpool play for the first time, that was that. So I, I, I don't, I don't exactly know the whole story start to finish. I'm sure he's told me. And when he watches this, he'll be like, Oh, come on. Um, <laughs> but, but I do know that that played a big part. Um, and the ability to, to see those games, I think was probably really cool or to hear them on the radio as it might've been yeah. depending on the game. As a, so. as a note, we, you definitely need to share whatever game that was. Um, it's, we, we've, we've had a few different people on. Um, we had Sam, who's a member of our sports club from Ethiopia. We had Nabs from Oman. And like their first games like re- totally depended on what the feed was showing. And like, mm-hmm. you know, like not many games are shown. So, Yeah, absolutely. It's, yeah. And I think it's, it's really interesting with that generation as well, because then that might have played into who you were supporting. Um, especially if you weren't in uh, Britain proper, if you were elsewhere. Yeah. Charlie, Tim, do you have any other questions? Well, I, I do. Go One ahead. of the other things is, is uh, earlier this week, we were talking about um, those fantastic songs that we heard to open the podcast. Um, and one of the things that Talia said was, um, a lot of people just know me from LFC and don't know that I have a studio, which I was like, yes, that's me. <laughs> um, so one, that was fantastic. Um, you'll never walk alone. You hit some notes that just made my skin tingle a little bit. Um, but what was that all about? And, and can you tell us a little bit about the, that project and how that came together? Sure. Um, so I, I had this idea in my brain that I just, we can't be together right now. So especially with singing, I mean, guys, I cannot tell you. (laughs) It's really hard. It's really, really hard. I'm the person who everywhere I am, I'm singing. So I've literally had to consider taking tape and just um, putting it across my mouth uh, many times. So um, (laughs) in my mind, I thought to myself, I just want to get that feeling of, you know, being um, at the bar, I want to get the feeling of, you know, being with everybody the way we are when we're watching a game. And so I thought to myself, well, what if I got everyone doing Ale Ale? And, and uh, Paul had said to me that he wanted some combination of Ale Ale and You'll Never Walk Alone. And I was like, how am I going to, those songs have nothing to do with each other musically. How am I going to, and then I thought, what's the pivot chord? And <laughs> I started getting really nerdy with it. And I was like, oh, forget about this. So I did it a cappella because <laughs> that's what you do when you're in that situation. So I basically got everybody's um, everybody's tracks and thank you to everybody who sent them in. You guys sounded awesome. Everybody was so self-conscious, but you guys sounded amazing. Um, and I basically layered them and I made some studio magic uh, to make it sound like we were all, you know, in a place that we definitely were not because I'm pretty sure we were all in our bedrooms. Um, and that was that. And then I, (laughs) there you go. (laughs) And, um, as far as you'll never walk alone, I thought that the more bare, the better so that we could really kind of get the feeling of, of what the weekend meant 
Um, and again, charity, it's a huge, huge, huge part of being a Liverpool supporter. So I wanted to, my cat is agreeing with me. Um, so I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to uh, evoke that, that feeling that we get when we, when we all sing that together. And there's a much better question well than any of the ones I asked. Thank you. Well done. Yeah. You were all good questions. <laughs> so so it, I guess if, if you'll listen to this and you've made it this far and somehow you don't know that this was the LFC Foundation's This Means More Challenge weekend, then we've been doing a bunch of different things. But uh, when we hopefully put together our video um, with my 13-year-old son, um, you will find that we like not only collected food together we kind of did the the thing that you pulled together which is absolutely awesome in terms of the music um we also there were like nine of us i think volunteered time at the food bank on friday which um i i i'm, I'm so sorry that unfortunately they don't do weekends of those things so it's you know it's gonna be hard to get more of our people out to, to do it but nevertheless hopefully it will turn out to be a fantastic contribution and we may not get to talk to Jurgen Klopp personally but you know we we give it a good go so unless he wants to come on the podcast yeah Jurgen if you're listening come on we're uh, we're, we're right here uh, um, uh. so Charlie do you have a question we uh, uh, look I I I had a comment it's interesting we've had a few people um nominate Stevie G as their favorite. And uh, it seems to me to be kind of a, a generational thing. Depends when you really started following and when you got involved. And the more I hear about the people's adoration and, and adulation for the guy, the more I'm convinced that, the, you know, I'd love to say that, that, that I think Hendo is probably gonna have the same kind of legacy in five or 10 years time with the, the kids who are getting, you know, getting into it now. So not really a oh, question, okay. but maybe a comment about my observation. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. So I have a random question actually, which I never ask of anyone because it's on the list and we usually run out of time, but do you have a recommended book that you would, you, you've read that you would think, Oh, it's a bad question. I can see already. No, no, no. <laughs> No, it's not that it's a bad question. I just, um, <laughs> I'll be really honest. I'm very, very bad at remembering titles of things. <laughs> Songs, albums, books. I'll go, the one with the guy and the thing, like, I'm not even joking. Is that one that you recommend, Paul? No, I, I had a book with it. me. I just thought, like, I'll... I'm I'll, joking. Oh, that's a good book. Yeah, that, that's... I mean, Talia's already recommended Chris Perkins' Let's Talk About Six. She did. I technically did. I technically did. <laughs> Whether um, you read the book or not, you, oh, no. Chris Perkins was a nice guy, so... I did I did read the book, and it's actually really interesting. Um, <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> However, to close out this week's episode of My Livable Story, Charlie's recommending Perched by Paul Tompkins. Paul Tompkins. And we may talk about this in part two, but uh, this is Zonal Marking by Michael Cox, who today published an article in The Athletic which said, The Playbook to Beat Liverpool. We'll leave it there. Talia, thank you so much for joining us. Ooh, What's that? <laughs> cliffhanger. Sorry. <laughs>
clearly we're not our, our, our views on episode one are feeding episode two so we need to do something so. <laughs> Ali, thank you so much for joining us on episode one of this week's um lfc delaware podcast Charlie thank you Tim. for having me you're welcome <laughs>